0: Who's this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor. Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it. Welcome into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, and let's build y'all. Real estate experiment, what is happening, y'all? Today we have a very special guest. I have Phil jones did i get that corral phil m jones i know you're very specific with that uh i believe there there's maybe a similarity in the name there is that right
1: yeah the m has become important to me over a period of time there is a phil jones who is a um, is a professional soccer player yeah. um plays for england and manchester united so so he beats me on a lot of google rankings which is, is frustrating <laughs> And and interestingly enough is is I never could get philjones.com when I first started my business. So I got my middle initial in there and I've made it part of brand recognition for no other reason than standing out from all the other Phil Joneses on the planet.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, first of all, if you guys don't know who Phil Jones is, first of all, I got to give you the intro that you deserve. Uh, look, you've you've done a lot since a very young age, and I just want to preface this right. You've trained over two million people. You had the magic words as the key foundation to your work. that then led to author of exactly what to say, exactly what to sell, exactly where to start. Over twenty five hundred presentations in over fifty seven different countries. Uh, you had got the British Excellence in Sales and Marketing Award from again from a young age. I'm sure you're still piling these things on, but I think what I like the most is about who you are as a person and really the foundation. And I, I want to get behind all that you've been able to achieve and most importantly, all, all the people you've been able to impact. And your message is a little bit different than, than your, the typical you know person who's in the sales space or, or bettering space or personal development space. It's very interesting. So tell us, Look, I want to be very selective in how I ask my questions. I feel like I'm being judged because I read your book. So <laughs> let me start by asking is, you know, what gets you up in the morning and what are you the most proudest of as, as a human being, Phil?
1: Okay, so there's two questions there, right? What yeah. is it that gets me up in the morning and what yeah. am I most proud of? Yes. I think the thing that gets me up in the morning is, is other people needing something from me. I, I see my work as, as being in service to others and all the time there are other people that I care about with issues that I can help them solve, then that will always light a fire up underneath me to say, hey, how can I be useful? Mm-hmm. Even as a professional speaker, the best compliment that anybody can ever give to me is not that I was great, is that that was really helpful. That was really useful. That made a difference. And that's, uh, that, that's something I've learned about myself is I, I need that, that almost check of approval, not that I did a good job, that the work that I did was valuable to other people. So I need to be useful. And that's what gets me up in the morning. What am I most proud of? Ah, I guess the thing that I'm most proud of in my world is, is the ability to reinvent multiple times over
0: Mm.
1: and to turn adversity into opportunity at multiple points in my life. And to calmly have a dogged determination that says, the only thing that I strive for is better. It doesn't matter where I am better is where we're going, and better is what's next. And that, that allows me to be quite humbly content with wherever I'm at at this moment in time, but still have this desire to say, okay, there's improvement in my future, and it doesn't have to be a sprint, right? Life is a long, 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 long journey, fingers crossed. And I'd rather that we can do it with, with some pace, but being able to go the distance. Yep. And, and I think even in, in these current times, right, we're recording this, whilst you and I are are in our lockdowns, in our lockdown locations, wherever that may be. And I'm quietly content in the work that I've done in the past to get to this point in time that says, okay, the world is in crisis and I can find the gift in this crisis by being grateful and proud for a boatload of the work that I've done in the past. That means that when much of the other world is in panic, I can be in service or I can be enjoying time with the people I love.
0: I love it. And and I think that's such a, a good segue of, of what you do. Cause you mentioned service and I think that's a key word and, and guys, uh, before I even get into this next question, I want you guys to bring out a notepad because I was telling this to Phil before we got online that, you know, we're in the personal development space. I got an audible on. I got my Evernote and, and I was working out and you're the person that's literally interrupted the most out of my workouts. this <laughs> So far. <laughs> I have to say I had to rewrite the whole, you know, and I'm speaking uh, on behalf of exactly what to say. So I want to piggyback into this service uh, because, you know, you've told us more or less of what, what you're most proud of and what gets you out of bed. Um, so, what is your elevator pitch when I meet you, Phil? Uh, and I know that's an interesting concept that you talk about. You know, you pick your words wisely, and I know you yeah. talk about context. But you know, what you know, you and I meet. What do you say to me?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, particularly for me, for somebody who's famous for saying that the worst time to think about the thing you're going to say is in the moment when you're saying it. So you'd think that I have this overly rehearsed, polished elevator pitch. The reality of it is, is, is I don't. But I do speak on purpose. So it depends on what I want to achieve from that interaction. I spent um, almost half my year or half the days of last year on airplanes. I met a lot of strangers through that experience. You get a lot of people ask you the, so what do you do question? You find yourself in a situation where you've got a lot of opportunities to give answers. More often than not in those scenarios is I want to give a short answer because I don't want to have a long conversation. (laughs) And that's a very true fact that I think many of us need to be aware of is the skill to say, well, actually, if you don't want the conversation to be able to go <laughs> any further than where it is right now, how do you answer that? So sometimes if you're asking the, so what do you, you do? I No, I, I own a small publishing company. Done. <laughs> Just <Right>? like that. <laughs> Just done. Um, you know, or I own a consulting firm. Done right? Game over. Boom. And that's done on purpose. But if I'm looking to be able to say, how do I have a constructive conversation with somebody that leads to somewhere new from an elevator pitch? What um, I think is the most important lesson for everybody is to know that a story will always sell, whereas a fact will only tell. So I gave the example of a second ago, there's a fact, right? I could answer the so what do you do question with a dozen facts that could kill a conversation dead. I could also answer that with a dozen stories that will allow us to be able to move into some form of, of future next conversation. What I generally look to be able to do in answering that question is to build a story around a four-part framework. Four-part framework I would use would be that I would start with some away-motivated scene setter. It's probably going to start with words like, well, you know how most people, or "Well, you know how some people, or "Well, you know how many people. Let's just play this out in my world. Well, you know how many people find themselves needing to sell something, but they don't see themselves as salespeople. Right? There's a scene setter. It's a way motivated. There's some form of just subtle nuance of pain in it. Well, you know how many people, they need to sell something, but they don't see themselves as salespeople. What I then do is I build off that with a which means that, which means that they lack confidence. They find themselves not asking for the things that they want in life. And quite often they don't achieve the success that you and I both know they're capable of. So it's, well, you know how most people, some people, many people, which means that. Third part of this framework is what I do is I don't explain what I do. I explain how I help people. Well, in part of the work that I do, what I do is I I help those people to be able to overcome some of those situations where they lack confidence by providing them skills to be more persuasive in conversation and release more of their true self when speaking to others. Which means that. They do go on to be able to ask for more of the things that they want in life, which means that they do go on to be able to have more confidence in conversation, which means that they do go on to be able to achieve more success. And that would be a conceptual way of me setting up a quick conversation where people really say back in, well, tell me some more about that.
0: It's, it's really fascinating because I asked this question. I've had some pretty interesting people come on and just like that, we're, we're already getting some juice. I love but that. You see how I, you could play this yes. out even in
1: your world, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know how many people are looking at ways that they can invest their hard-earned money, which means that they're often confused about where to be able to position that money with many people just leaving it in a standard savings account, if that at all. Well, what I do is I help people understand that there are other ways that they can invest using their 401k or any of their hard to earn savings to put them into big real estate deals that they typically wouldn't have had access to, yeah. which means that they do get the privilege of being able to get high-yielding returns with the safety and security of real estate. Now, I just made that up off the top of my head, but you see how that framework works. Yeah. We now have most people find themselves in this situation, which means that. Well, what I do is I help people do blank, which means that. And that's something that everybody can pick up and use as a framework to answering the "what do you do" question.
0: That that is fascinating, um, <laughs> and I and I hope everyone heard that because I think it, it that's so important to uh, what I like that you that you say, and that I've heard in your work is it's it's all context and it's all who you're speaking to and what you're trying Some to get truth. out. And I I love that because I think we you know we hear the one thing and then it's like oh yeah I got to use this, but it's not. Right. Nope. That's, that's, Content that's without
1: context is noise.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, and even in you an interview, right? Uh, and, I, and I'm going to cut you off. It's, you know, based on what you're telling me, I'm flowing in a different way. Like, okay, I like that. I can't just come in and sometimes you'll hear what people who've been interviewing or haven't been done, doing it for a while, they just come in and they're nailing it. But it's a flow, and 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 I love that. Um, so so let's let's preface because I think people know they, they get an understanding of. Of what you can offer clearly If, they, if that wasn't the elevator pitch Then I don't know what, what is uh, <laughs> But I want to go back Behind the mind of, of who you were You started at such a young age Phil mm-hmm. To get to And, and, and I want to package this together right? You started at 14 I think it was You were Correct. just a car washing business Is that what it yep. was?
1: Yeah, the car washing business
0: and get fourteen. <laughs> Whew, okay, so all the way back to fourteen, and now you're all the way up to where you are today, and and you're you've been collecting data. There's not one thing you've been testing. You've been failing. You've been, you know, you, yep. I heard about magic words, etc. So, what is what can you? How can you summarize it as when when I'm building a primary pillar, and and I'm and I'm talking about okay, what is the 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 foundation I should be building when you when you think about you're encompassing exactly what to say because I really want to focus on that and that's my foundation of what I know about you. When, when you're talking about the power of words from 14 to where you are now, what is it that I should be focusing on uh, okay. when, 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 when we're talking about this?
1: And this is talking about the refinement of word choices, or this is talking about personal growth as an individual. This I, is talking I, I, about business success. Where, where yeah, we I want to talk
0: about personal growth at, at this point, right? Okay. Because we're talking about you've collected all this data and there's probably misconceptions or things that people are, are, are missing that you've been, you've been consulting for quite some time now and helping yeah. people. So what, is, what have you gathered along the way from when you were 14 until now that you think is, is okay, let's, let's, let's focus on this.
1: Well, I think the biggest thing that we can all learn from, and I was very fortunate to be able to learn this at a very early age, that is, if you do not ask, you do not get. Still, the biggest reason that the majority of people fail to achieve the success that I know they're capable of is they're just not asking for it in some way. They're wishing, waiting, hoping, and praying for that success to land on their doorstep. But what they're not doing is asking the people that they could influence that could actually help empower that next level of success that they're looking for. This is something that I've experienced from my first car washing business of knocking on the doors of my neighbors and asking them politely whether they wanted their car washed right through to, well, two and a half years ago, me knocking on the door of Audible and inviting them to record me for my Audible original, How to Persuade and Get Paid, right through to me being the lead integrity-based sales ambassador for some of the world's biggest brands, right? It's all come from me having two things. One is the ability to ask, i.e. that desire of being brave enough to say, hold on, why not pick me? Like if somebody else can do it, could somebody else be me? And not only that is then to refine the skill in asking to say, how do I ask? Not just please, sir, but asking in a way that, that garners results. And if I was to really title exactly what to say the right way around, I should have called it exactly what to ask. The difference is that mm. nobody would actually understand that message quite so much but that's the power through all of my work is, is learning how to ask for things and learning to ask with kindness at the right time in the right way that maneuvers people to feel like it was partially their idea as well as yours so there is an is a fundamental piece the other thing when it comes to personal growth across the board is this relentless quest for better See, if I ask a room full of people whether they want to do good at something, whether they want to do better at something, or whether they want to do their best at something, almost everybody on the planet says, I want to do my best. Now, that to me creates a limiting belief, because best is suggesting there is some finite point in time, some 100% version of whatever it is that you're doing. And there isn't. There isn't a 100% perfect version of real life. Real life can go past the finish line. Real life can be more than what somebody else is saying is their best. In fact, there is no boundaries towards what can be achieved. And you think about a point in your life where you couldn't do something, and maybe you even used the excuse, I was trying my best. The only way you got to a point of being able to do the thing that you couldn't do when you proclaimed you were trying your best is when you stopped trying your best and instead shifted the focus to working on being better. And when you shift the focus to work on being better, what happens over a period of time is you surpass the ability of something that you were once saying you couldn't do when you were trying your best. That really is the underlying factor through my professional career to date, through my life career to date, um, of saying this relentless quest for better is, is how I self-innovate, how I self-grow, how I have learned to be able to view this as a long-distance race as opposed to a sprint.
0: Wow. I I love that. So as I'm getting on this data, I I love it because it's all in your book. First of all, I think people should check out your stuff. Number one, that's a plug right there, but to build on that, you read the book and there's just so much value. You, you, or I spend time with you. How do I start implementing what your, 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 your theory is and not your theory, your, your practiced, a practical uh, components of, taking this into action? How do I change right away? How do I start implementing exactly what to say in my day-to-day?
1: Okay. So exactly what to say is a short read. You could read it cover to cover in 75 minutes. It includes 23 sets of powerful magic words that talk towards the subconscious brain that allow you to be able to have more influence over other people. It's a short read, but it isn't necessarily short to be able to implement into your day-to-day protocols. It isn't a book that you read. It's a set of principles that become tools in your life. So how do you take those tools and start turning them into not Phil's magic words, but is in uh, things that sit within your own personal arsenal that allow you to get your own way more often? Well, you slow it down. Let's just say for argument's sake that you had read the book Magic Words and you had read exactly what to say and you had captured all the magic words. Then maybe go back to the beginning again maybe take the first set of words and say, today, what can I do to utilize that set of words in as many conversations as possible? Where can I test it in low-stake environments? How can I use that sequence of words to maybe be able to get my spouse to take the trash out that they wouldn't have done previously? How do I use that set of words to be able to influence somebody in a shop environment to be able to do more for me than they would have done otherwise? How do I use it to be able to reach out to a supplier and see if I can get a little bit extra that I haven't been able to get in the past, yada, 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 right? So if you just push them through and turn them into your standard ways of working, if you did that for 23 days consecutively, my guess is you'd make progress if you did that and then you zipped back again to the first set of words after you got to day 23 and did the same thing again, my guess is you'd get better again. My guess would be is actually if you could do this and you could spar it out with other people who are in your social network and you could perhaps do this collaboratively with a small community of two, five, seven, 15 other people, then I'm guessing that what would happen there is that you'd start to actually be able to create exponential growth in this area of development by many of you riffing off each other in the same process. Even being playful to the point that you'd be using examples of these words on each other just to be able to flex that muscle memory. And that's all you're looking at being able to do. If you want to get good at push ups, you've got to do push ups. Yeah. Right? It's as simple as that. And the same with word choices. If you want to get good at word choices, do the reps. People say to me, How do you get so competent in this given area? I did the reps. And there is no shortcut for that. But what there is, is shortcuts towards how you can get to do the reps. If you just wait for the high stakes environments, there isn't enough time in the world for you to get the reps to get to high levels of confidence Absolutely. and high levels of competence. You need to do the reps in the low stakes areas. Hence why Olympians don't have every day as race day. They have every day as training day so that when race day comes up, they're ready, ready, ready.
0: I love that because we talk a lot about, you know, we we see a lot of the event and not the process. And I think that's where I was going with that. You know, a lot of people are, are, you know, they see someone land a gig or they land a position and they don't really see the process that went behind it. So that was exactly what the question I was asking. How do I implement it? And I love how you said it's it's a day-to-day uh, and and build one pillar at a time and start putting into your everyday conversations. Now I have to say before I shift the next question, I, I did end up using this to reach out to you. And I'm wondering how often... Does that happen to you? You got—is <laughs> that something um, that happens? People will just start using your work and be like, "Hey, that that was smooth," or "or, or, or that that's funny."
1: Yeah, I, I probably get <laughs> three to seven a day in some form of social outreach where somebody uses an example of the magic words in either yeah. an Instagram DM, a LinkedIn outreach, an email message, etc. And um, it's a very polite way of saying I've read your work. Yeah, and. I find it fascinating that people invite me on for interviews in their podcasts or on their shows, and they're like, "I haven't read your book yet, but can you tell me some more about it?" And you're like, "Huh? That no. seems unusual." Yeah. So the chance to be able to actually say that I'm paying a subtle compliment to you is something that allows you to be able to stand out. Is that "show me you know me" piece? Yeah, there's a lesson for everybody in that. If you're looking to create outreach towards somebody else to win their attention show up with something that says that you understand who they are and something about them and some form of subtle compliment towards them and their, their previous work. You're more likely to win attention than you are just with an ask.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I'm so glad you said social. Cause I want to talk on, on that real quick before we shift. Um, do you think, and I know, and I understand, I don't want to make any questions again, being very careful here, Phil, you're putting me on the spot, but, but, I understand that you wrote this for conversations or even what you, 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 you preach and in, in practice is all about communication. Considering that in age, there's so many different forms of communication. Does this transition into copywriting the same way? You know, you mentioned LinkedIn, you mentioned yep. social. What are your thoughts on this, on, on respecting the medium?
1: Sure. Now, I have my opinion on this and I wrote it through a lens that is that opinion. Yeah. So where my opinion shows up is that these are skill sets that work in conversational uh, language patterns. You can be conversational in social posting. You can be conversational in email marketing. You can be conversational in a headline on uh, on a news article. But what you're doing when you utilize things like the content exactly what to say is you're leaving space in the conversation for the other person to join in. Here are examples where I've seen people get this completely wrong. They think that the thing they need to do is to write an article that includes as many of my magic words from the book as possible, and I'm going to be impressed by it. That's like saying, well, actually, I'm going to bring you a plate of food that is all of the a la carte, all-you-can-eat buffet, (laughs) put it all on the same plate and expect you to enjoy your supper, right? It's not going to give you what you're looking for. So the words are a toolbox and a toolkit to allow you to be able to be more persuasive in your conversational Frameworks that exist in a variety of other areas in life. But for example, if you're going to weave them into social messaging, leave the space for the comments to come for you to then build the second part of the conversation for them to be able to put the comments in to leave the space to create the third part of the conversation. Absolutely. That's what we're looking at. And absolutely, conversational language shows up in written form, in spoken form, in video content, in a variety of other areas. It doesn't just have to be a face to face conversation, but they are tools for conversational type language
0: yeah no and 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 i want to make sure everyone dives deep into your work because i think it's the subtle things like a lot of us right now are doing a lot of zoom conferences and and you know webinars i've been on a few and it's the smallest thing like do you have any questions versus so what questions do you have like i just love that just being and and we talked about practicing it and i think this is such a good time to to practice that language uh and and so i just want to hone that in again i think you you do a good job doing that um we'll be right back. Keeping it real segment. So I want to go into, um, keeping it real is more about you. So let's, let's talk about this. Do you have a favorite line that, you know, obviously you use so many, but is there one that sticks to you that, oh man, this is like a winner. Like I love to use this one. Is it maybe starting conversations with new people, maybe people you aspire to be with? Is, is there one in the middle of the conversation getting ready to close in your business? Do you have a favorite, favorite line from exactly what to say? Um,
1: in terms of a tool that probably shows up the most often and one that I have people talk back to me as something they utilize the most often is the open-minded example. So one of the things that the majority of people have difficulty in is, is their inability to ask for the things that they want in life is because they're fearful of rejection. So, Something I spend a lot of time with people on is, is how do they, have rejection free opening formulas so how do you how do you ask for something where rejection is no longer an option if i asked a room full of a thousand people how many would see themselves as open-minded i'm pretty sure i'd get nearly 900 of them agree with me that they would see themselves as open-minded so how do you use that fact in a conversational framework to get your own way more often well you understand it's the person who's asking the questions that's in control of the conversation you take the fact that 90 out of 100 people would see themselves as open-minded and then you weave that into a conversational questioning structure so if I wanted somebody to consider my idea, what I would do is I would ask them how open-minded would they be to? So how open-minded would you be to give me 30 minutes of your time for a podcast interview? How open-minded would you be to sitting down and learning more about the structure of our deal and how that might be useful to you? How open-minded would you be to looking at alternative investments outside of the standard savings and, uh, and stocks? How open-minded would you be to considering a high-yielding property investment? How open-minded would you be to using the words "how open-minded" are you more often? So that would probably be one that that, that certainly jumps to front of mind of a of a short photo finish winner of many of the other examples that exist in the book.
0: Absolutely, I, I think that's that's a good one because I like the it's it's, it's, it's like opening a door.
1: Uh, and and,
0: and starting, I think that's the beginning of any conversation is opening that door and warming up the conversation. So I do like that. Um, That's fantastic. Uh, Let's get into the experiment segment. One thing that I really like that you talk about, and and, and I want to make sure that I I bring this home and I understand what you mean is you you talk about turning maybes into yeses and, and not so much is it not so much the no's? i guess this is my question is it why do you focus so much on the maybes into yeses and and can you describe what that means and why that's
1: important okay is how good would a salesperson need to be today to get you to purchase a pair of bay trees in stone pots to be delivered anywhere in the british isles
0: to be pretty damn good
1: it's bordering on impossible because you have no need for (laughs) that product that service that delivery option right like that's a heck no it doesn't matter how good the conversation is around it what the prices (laughs) towards it etc you've just got no need for that thing
0: Yeah. You'd have to trick me into it. uh,
1: Yeah. You'd have to believe you're getting something that was, that was just a lie, right? Is is where it would need to be. And and I think we should get to fast no's in any of our conversations. Like if if it's a no, like we're better to get to a fast, no, the space in success, particularly from a sales or a deal making point of view is the people who are impressionable in the middle, the people who qualify, the people who've got the means, the people who have a level of interest, And those are what I call the maybes. If you can move that group of people from maybe to yes, you're in great shape. You can't really move a no to a yes. Similarly, if you've got like the best investment deal in the world and it requires somebody to come up with 100K liquid within the next seven days and they don't have 100K, how good do you need to be to be able to get them to move forward with that investment? You can't because they don't have the means to be able to say yes. Yeah. Whereas if somebody is sat on 120K right now and they're looking at saying, I either do something with you with this 100 or what we do is we do some renovation projects on our own home, that's a maybe. Those are the ones that we're looking to be able to influence. And the closest comparison that we can look at here from a deal-making point of view is uh, is relationships. Like where do you invest your efforts if you're a single person looking to be able to find a partner for a long-term relationship? You're investing it in the maybes Not the people who are guaranteed to not be not have an interest in moving forward with you. I want to work the maybes, turn the maybes into yeses, and then have long term relationships with those folks.
0: Hmm. I I, I like that because you don't always hear that, and you you know, there's a lot of salespeople or whatever. And this is why you should also pick pick who you who you listen to as well. But I think it goes without saying. it, It goes back to also knowing who your audience is and who your target mm-hmm. customer is and I, and I do like that idea and I and I think that's where you're going it that but I, I don't yeah, know yeah
1: and all of that is true and, and we live in very different times right now is is historically success in sales was was people thinking about you know high-fiving and ringing the bell and 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 ching look at the money everywhere and if you even look at poster children for for great quality salespeople is you've got like the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross movie. You've got the Wolf of wall street. You've got these scenarios that says that's what success looks like in today's world. None of those people would have been successful because there's a level of visibility from a consumer that says, if I wake up tomorrow, unhappy with this deal, then your reputation is shot. If I wake up in six months, unhappy with this deal, then your reputation is shot. So actually the success in today's business model needs to be that somebody wakes up tomorrow just as happy as the decision they made today somebody wakes up in six months thinking i'm really glad i did that six months ago still happy with the decision they make today so we've never seen it ever be more important that integrity and trust are high quality assets that exist within the sales process not the appearance of integrity and trust integrity and trust yeah so that what can happen is that people feel good about the decisions long into the future not just the ones they make today
0: Mm. That's great. That's a great answer. I like that. Um, I think to uh, another good question that that piggybacks is is you talk about knowing your worth a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and I think this goes right back into believing what you're selling a to the right person with our previous conversation. But then knowing your worth, and I was blown away I actually listening to a previous podcast of yours where you talk about uh, the the question that you're asking. You know, what is it about my work that makes you feel it would be a good fit? I, I just thought that it's it's can you talk about how important it is for to have the opposition or the person you're trying to sell have them tell you what they think why they why they should use you your services your company or have you at a specific event talk about that a little bit well
1: if you're receiving an inquiry for you and your services at any given point in time somebody's already decided that there is a value proposition in you that they like so when they reach out they don't necessarily look toward you trying to wax lyrical about your brilliance. So if somebody reaches out to me with some interest in me consulting for them or me delivering some uh, workshop programs for them or delivering a speaking slot at an event, my standard question back in the other direction is what is it about me and my work that makes you think I'm a good fit? what it allows them to be able to do is to say, hey, I saw you here or I read this or I understood about that or what I liked was blank, blank, and blank. And they build the value for me. Right what it then allows me to better do is to ask more questions. So tell me some more about what it is that you're looking to try and achieve and what would success look like and what would failure look like and um, how have you thought about this up until right now? And then I might dig down into a financial conversation about where they're at right now and how by not doing these things, that um, they're currently losing money. Yep. And then I might be able to project, present my service offering and my value proposition and then my pricing attached towards that as a fraction of the money that they're losing. So even consider that compare and contrast in a in a real estate investing point of view. For you to suggest that somebody should invest in the thing that you have for them, then what you have to prove is it's performing better than what they're doing with that money instead. So you have to explore what they're doing with that money instead. So you can't say that a 4.5% yield a year is good news if they've currently got that in a product that's delivering them 72 But if they currently have that money sat in a current account doing nothing, making them nothing, and what you have is you have the ability to offer a guaranteed return plus the potential of capital appreciation over that period of time too, then guess what? You can now suggest this is a good idea. But what selling really is, is earning the right to make a recommendation. That means that you should never, ever, 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 ever invite somebody to buy your thing unless you can say these words first. And the words you should look to say first are the words because of the fact that you said Because of the fact that you said blank, blank, and blank, it's for those reasons what we'd recommend is blank, blank, and blank. Because of the fact that you said that you're frustrated with this money earning you no returns whilst it's sat in your bank account, for those reasons, I'd recommend that you move a portion of it into a high-returning real estate transaction that gives you the chance to actually be able to see a recurring revenue on that money over a period of time, plus with high confidence that over a 10-, 15-, 20-year period of time, that money will grow through a capital appreciate, appreciation too.
0: You know, you know what I love about that, Phil, is – you, you are forced to be an active listener and I don't I think people usually lose the, tr- tr- the, the the sense of that in a conversation that it's a two-way street I have to listen to you hear your needs and then be able to pivot and it all goes back to again not this is why I think the foundation of what you teach is so important it's you know with the information that I'm getting in how do I you know portray back my message or, or, or send out my message so I think uh, those are great great key takeaways uh, very well said um, let's hop into the, the rapid fire questions before we wrap up here uh, core rapid fire questions I like to know the person behind I know the mind behind the genius here uh, but I like to know I always like to know the source of where it came from uh, do you have a favorite book
1: Phil El Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people uh,
0: why am I surprised um, the best habit that serves you every day
1: um best habit that serves me every single day is to genuinely look to see things from somebody else's point of view before making my mind up
0: again what we just talked about uh best tool that helps you excel throughout your day
1: best tool is is still probably just my iphone
0: yeah absolutely any particular apps in there that might might help you the most
1: probably the one that it was originally designed for, which is the telephone application, which is really cool. Like if you hit the button, you get to be able to actually instantly have a voice-to-voice conversation with other people. It's crazy, crazy cool. um, And it allows you to get some stuff done.
0: Oh, not not the text application, not the text. (laughs) No, that's honestly, I think that you're 100% right. We need more of that. and That's fantastic. Um, If you had one superpower... In your as a business owner, because essentially, what is it? What would be the power that you could pick?
1: Uh, Ability to be able to see the future. I like
0: that. I think. I think you kind of kind of have that a little bit you kind of designed your yourself to kind of see that with the level of conversation you're able to put right you kind of do
1: some yeah right I, may, I may i maybe get 60 seconds of future i'd like 60 days of future
0: <laughs> I and mean, then don't we all don't we all uh listen i always like to ask this question this has been so fun uh what question do you wish i would have asked you
1: uh, I wish you wouldn't have asked me that question. Cause everybody asked me that question. Really? Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the go-to question. What's the question that you wish I would have asked you? Um, what's a question that I wish you would have asked me? What's the question that I wish I would have asked me is, um, what am I doing to, um, wrap my head around the changing landscape that is being presented to us right now through um, a global event that inevitably is going to change the world. I I guess that's probably a fair question that I'm giving a lot of thought to right now. And I don't know if I found my answer yet, Hmm. but the thing I'm continually looking to do is to find the gift in the crisis and say, where is there good news in and amongst what clearly is a global pandemic with a huge amount of tragedy attached to it both from a humanity point of view and an economic point of view so i'm I'm trying to search for the gift in that and say what can that teach us what can it allow me to be able to build and grow from here that i will look back on this moment as a defining moment in my life and be proud of the decisions i made
0: that's fantastic and i think we should all try to Try to have that mindset at this time, and uh, I admire you for having that. And I encourage everyone else who's listening right now, wherever they are, to hang tight and 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 definitely use this as a as a as a crutch or as a as a foundation to build on. I think that's all we can do, and kind of reflect and. And learn from people like you and continue to have an impact on the world. Uh, Phil, I can't thank you enough for stepping into the lab with us. Uh, we had our white coats on. We had notepads. I hope everybody took notes. Uh, where can we find more about your wonderful work that you're, that you're currently still constantly doing?
1: Yeah, I guess the website's a good hub for, uh, for being able to then splinter out for a variety of my work. So that's philmjones.com. If people want to join the conversation, learn more about me, um, and maybe just add a comment or two, Instagram is probably the platform that I'm the most active. That's at Phil M. Jones UK, And I'm really happy to always join on the conversation with any of your listeners. So stop by, say hi.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Phil. And we'll make sure that the community takes that action and does that. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure having you, see, um, Phil. And uh, man, let's, uh, let's go on and conquer.
1: Stay safe. Be well. Keep your hands washed. All that jazz.
0: Absolutely. If you're a real estate professional, a real estate agent, A real estate investor, a lender, a multifamily syndicator, a contractor, you name it. And you're looking to grow your online presence, but you have no idea how to get started or simply don't have the time. At Invested Talent, we help real estate professionals extend their current business to social media. Why is this important? Without this, you wouldn't be listening to this show and your own host Ruben Kanya and his team would not have done deals they've done today. As a matter of fact, Social media has helped us keep this show together, which now exceeds a billion dollars worth of real estate from our guests collectively. That's right. Our reputation, opportunities, partnerships, and most importantly, real estate transactions were started directly from social media. If you're a real estate professional and you lack an existence on a media platform, Invested Talent can help. Simply go to investedtalent.com forward slash social media And make sure you click the get in touch button to get in touch with our team. Again, that's InvestedTalent.com forward slash social media and get in touch with our team. You focus on being the brand and we'll help you build it.